writing all day, and then I'm like, oh shit, I gotta set my alarm for 11:30. I don't remember. I don't remember being this tired when we first, like, when I first started. Oh, we have I was to younger. Do the 10 second okay, quiet. Go, go. The Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. Welcome to the world-famous Comedy Store podcast, Mr. Maj Jabrani. Thank Rick you. Rick Ingram is running late. I am thrilled to have you here. I'm thrilled to be so, here, Eleanor. Yay, Maj Jabrani. Hey. Maj Jabrani. Oh, Every time. Who started mm-hmm. that? Jeff Scott? Um, or? No, you know, there was a song. I think, uh, I know Joey Diaz does it oh, the yeah. best. I don't know if it was him or Schubert. Schubert does it really well, oh, but yeah. those two guys. So at some point, I think I might have been on stage or something. Yeah. And they just started going, Majabrani, hey, Maj. So they would, they would do Majabrani, and I would go, hey. And then they would, Majabrani, oh, Majabrani. Hey, it just like rolled with the what punches. What a great name to sing to. It's it's a fun name, but also, more importantly, it tells you how loose the store was. <laughs> I don't know if it still is, oh, but yeah. it was so loose. Like it was on a Tuesday night, there weren't that many people, and someone starts yelling something from the back, you just go with it. It was yeah. so much fun. What year did you get here? Like what year did you start at this? I think I started in um 99 i was talking to Corey actually who said because she was still the booker Corey como yeah Cor- Corey como soto yeah which makes her sound like i don't even Corey know como soto. Corey como soto. Uh, the japanese booker yeah um, <laughs> no she was still the booker and uh so i just talked to her recently and i said i think it was 2000 she goes no i was out of here by 2000 so i go okay yes, then it must Freddie have been 90 mm-hmm. yeah so it must have been 99 yeah and um I started stand up in '98. Wow, where did yeah. you start? I started in LA. I took some. Cl- I took the Judy Carter comedy class. Okay. <laughs> and uh, before that, I tr- I had tried some stand up uh, when I was a little bit younger. But my parents, being immigrant parents, Iranian, we came- I was born in Iran, grew up in America. Yeah. So they wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor. Of course. They didn't know what this this They're stuff smarter was. Smarter than us. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah. But also, I think they want what's secure, and they they want what they know. They don't know that the kid. This whole thing yeah. of like pursue your dreams is not part of our culture right you know That's what i'm saying the american dream yeah it's like no you pursue our dream which yeah. is to be you, you you're gonna be a doctor or a, or a lawyer or engineer or something so anyway uh mid-20s i was working in an ad agency and i finally had a light bulb moment there was this guy named joe ryan who was in his 60s okay and i was telling him that you know joe i'm gonna work in the advertising agency save some money up and then per- and then possibly pursue acting and comedy and he goes, let me talk to you. He goes, look, I'm in my 60s. He goes, when I was in my 20s, there were some things I wanted to do, and I just never did it. So he goes, if you really want to do it, you should do it. Do it. So it was one of those light bulb moments. Oh, way to go, Joe. And Joe did it. And uh, and I uh, I was 26 at the time, and I told my boss, I go, listen, I'm going to start taking some uh, comedy classes. I first took uh, uh, improv classes okay. at the Acme Theater because I knew- Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I knew Alex Borstein, mm-hmm. who's now on uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, yeah. So she'd gone through Acme. She's great. She's great. And so I took that. While I was taking that, Judy Carter was in my improv class. <laughs> oh, okay. And she's like, I teach stand-up class. I go, great, I'll do it. So then I started doing that. And uh, and I'd always wanted to do stand-up since I saw Eddie Murphy when I was a kid. Of course. But I just was worried. I was nervous. Like, I was comfortable standing on stage. I was nervous writing. Why? 
Because when you are in a play, you you know it feels like you're sharing that weight with everyone else. So if the play doesn't do well, it could be the writer, the director, the other actors, it could whatever. And you didn't write right. it. You have to blame them. Yeah. When you're a stand up, you're alone. Stand up, you're alone. But then once I started doing stand up, I realized that that's that that it's a long. It's not one night. It's not like oh, the first night you go up, people are gonna be like, oh my god, you're amazing. It's years and years of sucking. Yes. And then just you start sucking less. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so then that's that that lifts so much a lot. Sucking, though in the beginning. So much sucking, but you know what? Actually, the comedy store was great for that because when I became a regular here, there was no industry coming. Ninety nine, no. two thousand. There was no audience coming. If you remember, <laughs> that is a fact we call it the dead years. Yeah, the dead years were the best years because <laughs> you could come up and People work get out. Mad at us, but that's what we think. They were so good. They were amazing because you don't have to. You don't have to follow people that are heavy hitters. I mean, first of all, she had made a lot of people regulars because they reminded her of people. <laughs> so there was a guy who looked like Jim Carrey, and then there was a guy who looked like Richard His Pryor. Name's Jeremy Dingle. Jeremy yes. Dingle. I remember Jeremy. <laughs> I, I love Jeremy. What's he Dingle. doing? I don't know what he's doing. Who knows? But we used to. Freddie Lockhart said it best. It was like Noah's Ark. Yeah. Like she had two of everything. Yes. It was like okay, we have two Jim Carries. We have to. Oh, here's Ricky. Hey, Rick Ingram. Uh, we we're talking about how Mitzi would have people like people that were here in the '80s, and then Freddie Lockhart saying that she always had two of everything. She had two Jim Carries. Yeah. She had two. It was so silly, but that was. It was her. silly. She it, was just passing randos. But it was interesting because she wasn't hanging out as much, and then so then you would get a spot at let's say 11:30 or 12. Prime spot sh- on a Tuesday, and you would show up. <laughs> And you would have to sit through everybody else, and you would see the audience leave because they oh, yeah. were like, "Is this is this real or <sighs> is this performance art? What is going on here?" Are you saying that Jeremy Dingle and That's possibly exactly Frank Limmerman? Yes, I was thinking Dingle, Frank Limmerman. Yeah, <laughs> Dingle. Dingle would be like, "All right," and then now I'm going to be on the flute, and I'm like. Where's the? Is there punchline? He's a nice enough guy, but so nice. nice dude. But the but the room would just get thinner and thinner, and then you'd be like, oh my god, and then it would just be a disaster because you'd be like, okay, well, I'll still get up at eleven thirty, and then all of a sudden, here comes Mooney or Dice or oh, or or brutal. Eddie Griffin, Eddie Griffin doing his marathons, yeah. and then you'd be like, okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna get up now. I'm gonna get up at one thirty if I'm lucky. If I'm lucky, yeah. It was crazy. And we were talking about how nobody was here. The, the dead years, because he started in 99. 99, yeah. You got passed in 99? So my whole passing thing is funny. So what I happened was, so first of all, what happened was, I I took the Judy Carter stand-up class, and she said, just get up as much as you can. Okay. So I'm getting up all over town. Where, you know, Coffee shop, this, that, whatever. And in the meantime, I'm working in an ad agency, and I'm just telling people at my work, hey, I'm doing stand-up. If you want to come, come out. And I go to a seminar, like they had, uh, after at the time, had a seminar for okay. young comedians. And one of the people speaking there was Tommy Davidson, who said, oh, he goes, favorites. he's great. And he goes, not only do you have to be funny, but he goes, you got to market yourself. And he goes, when I came out here, I would get people's uh, mailing addresses, send them postcards, let them know when I'm going up. So I started sending out postcards once a month. <laughs> I would send out postcards. I with I stay up late and put labels of addresses on. So I, I I had a mailing list from a play I'd done before. I had people from my ad agency. I had friends and stuff from my family side. And then I would take a, like another couple hundred of those and drop them off at the breakdowns, hoping that they would send Amazing. it to agents. So this is like once a month, and it would have like you know. Come see me at the Comedy Cabaret. Remember the L.A. Cabaret? Oh, yeah. You know, L.A. Cabaret on the 15th and the Belly Room on the 16th. And da, 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 da. 
So because of all that, though, ultimately because of enough friends and family, I would always have three or four people at the Bringer shows. Yeah. So I'm doing a Bringer show at a place called Masker's Cabaret, which Mike Marino used to run with a girl whose name I forget right now. She was from Louisiana, but I forget her name. Okay. Uh, Christy something. I forget her last name. Anyway. I'll just take your word for it. Bringer <laughs> show at Masker's. I bring a handful of people. And then Christy goes, you know what? I do a show at the Belly Room at the Comedy Store. You bring audience. Why do you, and, and, and out of all the bringers, I was like a pretty- A king. I was an okay- but, but also like comedy-wise, we're all horrible, but I did okay. So they were like, you're, you're decent and you're bringing people. Come to the belly room. <laughs> so I started doing the belly room and then the belly room got crazy because then there was Belinda Foster. Remember Belinda oh, Foster? Oh, good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. And then she had bodies buried. Yep. Belinda yep, Foster yep. would then- Do you remember her, Rick? No. No. So Belinda she Foster by the time I got here, used I to book a room for Skippy Lowe. Now, Skippy Lowe was this guy who had, he looked like he was one of the characters from Golden Girls. Hello, Mary. Yeah, hello, Mary. So he had this white- Did you ever meet him? No, oh, he would have loved you. He was like Boone, but white Oh, ooh. with money. Oh, ooh. he was, a, this dude had like his own cable access show. Mm-hmm. And I, at the first time I saw him, the first time I got booked on Skippy Lowe's show, I honestly, because he would wear f- all black, he had a little bit of breasts going- <laughs> And he had that look that you go, is, is, and Skippy, is it a woman or a man? Yeah, I can't so tell. Confused. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> and he would he always a, show his legs off. He was ahead of his time, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, Rick, it was the craziest show because you'd be booked in the uh, belly room and I would bring like 10 people. And then Skippy would start drinking wine, and he would get drunker and drunker as the night went on. He called everybody Mary, yeah, right? He's super flaming. <laughs> and then he would have Belinda. He Belinda would be the host. He'd be like, "Okay, get okay. He's next." He's, so Belinda would come up to me always and be like, "All right, my shoes." Super, hey, Moss. Yeah, hey, Moss. Yeah. Uh, Skippy said you're gonna thumb. be next. You're next. Okay, you're next. I'd be like, "Okay, great." So, and now my friends have been here for like an hour. They're like, "When are you?" I'm next. Great. And then you're next. You're next. And I'd be getting ready to go, and then suddenly they'd introduce somebody else. Oh, and then, good stuff. Somebody yeah. else. Came in. Yeah. What? And I no. go over, I, I'd be like, what happened? She's like, well, Skippy wanted me to put up somebody else. Then Skip, then then if somebody else went up and didn't do well, I sort of got Skippy would be like, get him off, get him off. And then he would run on there <laughs> mid setup, grab the mic. Everybody, keep it going for this young man. All right, Mary, good job, honey. <laughs> Who's next? And I was like, Mary. oh my. Best character ever in this play. One of my favorite characters. Crazy here. character. To the point where like, and by the way, at that he had point. had a billboard that's with it showing his legs calling Betty Grable legs. Yeah. Because that, he came from that era. He came from the Betty Grable. Like, I like, think that was his roommate. Yeah. Okay. I, I think so too. Well, he actually, because he, what it was was too, by the way, this is when you're like starting out and you're and you're going okay one of these people is going to help me some somehow like i, I need somehow, to somehow yeah. some way one of these people is going to give me the big break yeah, yeah. Guy, so this guy would be like skip you would be like <laughs> uh, mary huh, huh, sweetie or whatever you call me i don't know what you call me I, I, i'm going to put you on my main room i have a main room show happening Ooh. i want you to bring people they want you to bring people i want you to bring people milton burl's going to be the <laughs> <laughs> So, You're like I'm so Milton? stupid. I'm like I'm, I'm getting like, I'm getting into old Hollywood. <laughs> Milton bro, give me a break. We're going I, backwards. He showed like up. He's like 92 years old or something. But it got crazier and crazier. And somewhere along the line, I convinced. Now, I, so I I was also just like I've always I, I do well in classes because they give you deadlines. 
Right. So I had met Mike Marino, and then Mike had a class. So I took his class. I forgot he had a class. He had a class, and and it was a different. Like he was kind of like winging it, whereas like Judy written a book. Mike was like, <laughs> "All right, let's try uh, crowd work." You know, uh, like, I need my right. rent. Let's yeah, see what's going on yeah, in here. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone paid up. All right, good. Uh, let's get the bag. So, yeah, well, so. Let me tell you a quick story about that. So the first time, so my current wife. Um, she was, uh, she's this Indian girl. I love girl. current wife. That's I mean, my okay. wife, but, okay. back then she was my, but, but back then she was my girlfriend. <laughs> so I, but I just met her and we were, and we took Mike's class and I'm, you know, we're all looking up to Mike and it was Masker's Cabaret and Mike's going to host and we're all going to bring our audience and do our show. And I just, like, I just recently met her. My wife was from New York. And she's this Indian girl who grew up in New York, but she's a lawyer. She doesn't really go to comedy shows. And she kind of likes to, you know, she, she, she thinks she's like tough because she's from New York, whatever. Of course. So we're all in the back and she shows up and she's like, she's, you know, she was at this uh, high uh, powered kind of law firm. So she comes in with like this, you know, she's beautiful Indian girl, but she comes in with like this trench coat, like like the um, uh, a gray kind of wool coat. She's looking Ooh. very professional, yeah, like badass or whatever. I'm like, oh, this, thanks for coming. This is great. I'll be in. The, listen, I'll be in the back. Enjoy the show, and we'll hang out after. And then, so we're all in the back, and Mike is trying to get the crowd going. It's not a good crowd, so he's doing crowd work. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? Da, da, da. And at the time, Mike, I think, was quitting smoking, I guess. So he had a cigarette in his ear. Oh. Didn't Dice do that? Dice right? would, no, no, Dice, would, Dice would put it around no, his Dice, neck. But literally but... suck on cigarettes, even when he quit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he'd always have people be like, you want me to light oh, it? Oh, I like, see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Holding the yeah. cigarette. So yeah. Mike, still had him. He Mike had it in his ear, like on the ear, and he's trying to get them going. And all of a sudden, from backstage, we hear, hey, Mike, what are you going to do with that cigarette? And I go, is that that girl that I brought? Shit! And then everyone else looks at me in the back, and I go, I think that's the, I think that's the girl that, that, that's here for me. And then Mike goes, hey, you know, I, I whatever. My, and by the way, my my <laughs> wife, my, my wife smoked at the time. He's like, hey, you know, um, whatever, you know, I'm gonna smoke it later. You know, I just, uh, you know, I just can't find a lighter. And my wife goes, why do you stick it up your ass? Yeah. And I'm going, what the hell? Those are our vowels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my and Mike is like, what? What? He got totally thrown. Oh, and then he comes amazing. backstage. He's like, "What's go- who was that? I go, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. This I just met this girl. I don't know why she said that. And then after the show, I go over and go, what, the- what were you doing? She goes, I thought I was helping him. She goes, I thought that's like how you haggle. I go, first of all, it's not haggle. It's heckle. <laughs> she's, Secondly. She's haggling. She's haggling. <laughs> the Indian girl's haggling. Oh, God. <laughs> So that was a disaster, and then and then I mean that sounds amazing. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. As a comic, I love like, her. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, and so, Fluster Marino too. It's like so that here we are. So I told Mike finally, I go Mike, would you please recommend me to come be a regular here? And he's like, I don't know this and that. So finally, he recommends me, and you guys know how it is. So because Mitzi would hold it against them if like you didn't do oh, yeah. well. Oh yeah, like she wouldn't book Marino yeah. for a long time. Like, yeah. So they were getting hesitant. Well, I remember coming for the first time because Marina was like, I'm going to be at the comedy store on Friday. You guys should, you should always watch comedy. Come watch me. I came to watch him. First of all, Mike was destroys. like- Destroys. Yeah, he destroys. And he was so polished. It was like, oh my God. And then I remember that night, I think Mike Young was up. Mm-hmm. And I remember Sergio Love coming in. 
And to me, Sergio loved it. Like one in the morning. That's right. Was he still doing the Dido? He looked at me in my convertible. But to me, I'm like, Sergio was so talented. I go, oh my God. I go, this guy's like the next Eddie Murphy because his act outs and his voices. I go, this blew my mind, this place. I go, holy shit. And nobody was watching those guys. Nobody was watching anybody. Yeah. Nobody. It was. It was crazy. It was just baseball practice every day, and there was never any games here. No games. And so and so I convinced Mike to give me, get me, you know, recommend me. He recommends me, and then I get the call, and they go, you got to go do the three. I go do the three. I don't know if you guys remember, there was these two guys, these two black dudes that were really good street performers in Venice. They're like, they, like, do flips, and they do jokes, and they're, ma- like, they're really good, and they've been on The Tonight Show and stuff. They were in my group. So they would showcasing? go up. Showcasing? You they, remember their names? I forget their names, but they would go up and they would kill it. I was like, oh my God, these guys are good. And then I'd go up and have a good set. And after the three minutes, we both got the six. And so then yeah, three, we got, six, right? Nine, yeah. And then and then they go, come back and do, and we both did the six. I go, these guys are so good. I got the six. Come back and do 10. Now, when they come back to do 10, they didn't get passed. Was like, oh my God, if they're oh, not yeah, getting passed, I'm all not getting All they do is flip. They're going to break something. Yeah, and the team and all that. Flipper. Yeah, we got a flipper. Exactly. <laughs> we already have two of those. <laughs> Reminded me of the dolphin <laughs> flipper. So I put them in. Um, so my thing, so I do the 10, and this is what's crazy. Everybody, I'm sure everyone's talked about this, where Mitzi used to sit on that chair by the oh, exit. Oh, yeah. And I finished my 10, and it felt like it went well. And I'm walking by, and it felt like you're walking a plank. It was the longest walk of yeah. your life. You got to walk by the execution squad. By, by the execution. And the whole time, listen, Eddie Murphy was my childhood hero. And I remember that when I was 13 years old, living in Northern California, we came down to L.A. We stayed at what back then, there was a hotel across the street that now is like a bar restaurant thing. Just like a little bit, not the Mondrian, but a little bit west, just a little bit west of it. Like almost okay. across from the pink dot over there. Yeah. It's a hotel that used to be a motel. We stayed there. And then they brought us over. They go, Eddie Murphy performs here. But we're too young to get in. We were 13. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So in my mind, when I'm showcasing, I go, holy moly, if I become a regular. Holy moly, I'll bite your face. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to become. I want to say holy shit. Okay, holy shit. No, no, no. Holy (laughs) moly. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I am going to be in that club. And then my life will, you know. I'll be so rich and famous. The rich and famous after this. Yeah. I had the same thought. All these thoughts in my head. And as I'm walking by Mitzi, I swear to God, I almost feel like in slow-mo, her hand comes to, because I know if she grabs you, it's good. If she lets you walk by, you're done. I'm like, please grab my hand. Please grab my arm. Please grab my arm. But she starts grabbing me the arm. I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. This is happening. She pulls me in. I go, holy shit. And then she goes, you're very funny. I go, thank you, Mitzi. She goes, I'm going to make you a regular. I go, thank you, Mitzi. And then she goes, have you ever thought about wearing the outfit? I go, what outfit? Uh... She goes, you know, the hat and the gown. I go, uh, uh, yeah, okay, sure. I'll wear the outfit. And then I walk down. I go, what was she? I go, holy shit, she wants me to wear a turban. <laughs> she wanted me to wear Fuck a turban. Yeah, I mean, y- you needed to fit the, the image in her I mind. know, because I'm this Iranian guy on stage talking about my the Iranian a- parents. And the she's like, outfit. Wear the turban. So so then I go, so I go, oh my God. I go, yeah, wear the outfit. Dude. He agrees in the dark. Like, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I go down to the hallway and I'm thinking, what did I just say yes to? And then I go, you know what? She's old. She's going to forget by tomorrow. Yeah. I'm done. I'm good. This yeah. is fantastic. So now I go back to my day job at the ad agency. I'm an assistant at the ad agency. I get a call on Monday from Corey, yeah. whom I'd met around the hi, way. Hi, sugar. Yeah, hi, Mazda. <laughs> Congratulations. I heard Mitzi made you a regular. I go, yes, she did. And she goes, and I heard you're going to be wearing the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Corey, please. And I go, Corey, can I ask you a question? She goes, what? I go, what if I don't wear the outfit? She goes, 
Well, Aww. do I really have to tell you, Maz? She goes, you know, I'm just saying, Mitzi's a genius. She helped Roseanne oh, with her boy. outfits. She helped Dice with the character. You <laughs> she really, did that. yeah, whatever, whatever it was, she, she did, hated the she character. She did tell yeah. Louie to wear the sweaters. Yeah, she and, told Andrew it would never work. Well, whatever it was, she was Corey was selling <laughs> it hard. Amazing. Yeah, and I go, okay, I go, Corey, let me ask you because because at the time I was doing sketch comedy and I'd wanted to do a character. If you guys remember, Eddie Murphy used to do a character on. Saturday Night Live called Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. So I'd wanted to do a sketch. I wanted to pitch a sketch and you know we would pitch and it would either work or wouldn't work. So I was going to pitch a sketch at the Acme where I was, where I was Mr. Rahim's Neighborhood and it was at the time when we were like, you know, it was like late 90s so Bin Laden and terrorism all that stuff's happening so I wanted to just like do this sketch where like this guy is Mr. Rahim and whatever his neighborhood is, like maybe he's like living in poverty in Iraq and he's just trying to get through it but America keeps bombing him, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So and my politics are, are a lot further to the left so I'd make fun of that as opposed to like right. being like oh you know look I got a bomb strapped on me so I told <laughs> I told I told Corey I go Corey you know I was thinking of working on this character Mr. Rahim's neighbor I go what if I do my stand up and then at a certain point I do this character and she goes I love it it's fantastic I go okay great and then I hang up and I go god I, I really don't want to do that <laughs> yeah. so then I go Corey can I have a meeting with you she goes yes yeah. so I go into her office and back then you know Corey loved I love loved... that it was taken serious that it became a meeting <laughs> yeah it became a meeting oh my god yeah okay. and, and so was she dressed or not dressed was she wearing a ball gown or a tiara or both Corey had her room mm-hmm. her office was like you know 1940s Hollywood yeah. what was it whatever she was into yeah. she's into that yeah so I'm in there and I'm like Corey Golden I don't ages. know yeah and I go and you know what I get an inspiration there. I go, what if, Corey, what about this? I go, what if I, you know, I go, Rudolph Valentino used to do the shake. He was like, a, yeah. the, the, he was a lover. Yeah. I go, what if I do that character? And he's kind of a positive guy. She goes, oh my God, I love that. I'm going to tell Mitzi <laughs> that you're going to be the Rudolph Valentino. You're going to be the shake. And I go, Great. And again, I walk out. I go, holy shit! I just negotiated something I really don't like want to do. Mental patient. Yeah. yeah. He totally. Yeah. Says Corey. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So Who I, I love, by the way. I love you know Corey. That, no, I love all these people. A, but she has like such a bizarro. Yeah, like that made total sense to her because these people are trying to come up with the, the they're, they they the want your hook. Thing. They're like, yeah. what's your hook that that now Hollywood's yeah. going to come and be like, oh, we want to cast this guy as the shake and everything. And exactly. this is this is still Mitzi era where every show is super themed. Theme shows. So she's like, well, themed came oh. a little bit like she started passing you guys. Like her big goal with passing was to literally bring peace to the Middle East. Yeah, that was. That her- was- Goal. Yeah, the theme comes late, a little bit later. A little yeah. bit. She but... brings me in, and then so so the way I get so the way I get out of wearing the turban ultimately because I was talking to my sister at the time, talking to my family. I go, listen, guys, they want me to wear this turban. I'm not gonna. I go, I don't want to wear it. Uh, this old Jewish lady, yeah. who owns the club. Yeah, she she's four foot three. Yeah, Hold on, the Jews are what? Yeah, like, and I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't want to do. I don't want to wear a turban. So finally, I came up with the perfect solution. And what happened was so. <laughs> Now, I, now yeah. So I now, I was born in Iran, but I've grown up in America. The Iranian government is ruled by mullahs who wear the turbans, right? But they're cl- they're clergy, basically. But what had happened was a lot of people that moved f- that left Iran at the time when when the revolution happened and the mullahs took over were opposed to that government. My family, myself included, we basically fled that country. So a lot of people came. And, and the highest population of Iranians outside of Iran are in Los Angeles. And they set up all these TV stations. And then they started putting on shows where they would criticize the, the mullahs, the, the guys with the turbans. And so there's this, there was this one Iranian dude who was 
impersonating the mullahs and making fun of them and just like but but it would all be zapped into Iran. Yeah. And he was very much in their face. So he goes to some like peace rally or some political rally at the federal building in Los Angeles and there's not that many pro mullah people in America like pro supporters of that regime but there were enough that showed up at that event oh, and they threw a rock and they blinded the dude. Oh, shit. Yes. So I go, oh, my God. Checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> and that- No outfit. Yeah. So that was number it's one. a safety thing. That was number one. Number two was my father had moved back to Iran because he'd lost all of his money in America. So he'd gone back to Iran to try and do business. So wow. he, if, if, if let's say, let's say I were to start impersonating mullahs and it became, you know, I was on America's Got Talent and the video circulated, he could get in trouble. Yeah. Right? God and the, forbid. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I called up Corey. I go, Corey, let me tell you something. I was so excited about the, the turban thing. It was really coming along. <laughs> but what happened like, was- listen, this guy. I go, first of all, <laughs> if they, they threw a rock, they blinded this guy. I go, and then my father's in Iran. He could be in danger. And I go, listen, most importantly, if word got out, there's a guy at the comedy store making fun of the mullahs, they could come after the comedy store. They might blow up the comedy <laughs> store. I'm just saying, but I'm ready to go. Yeah. She goes, oh, uh, l- let me call you back. And I sort of got three minutes later. She goes, "Just wear something comfortable. You'll be fine. No, no <laughs> turban. Uh, you'll be go." Because oh, she called Mitzi. We called don't Mitzi. need that. Yeah. And what's great though is we I already thought, got Terry. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I thought, I thought I go okay. I go that's great. I'm I'm done. And she forgot again. I thought she forgot until years later. So so about a year later in 2000 she's watching news obsessively yeah oh Mitzi yeah she was watching yeah. on right? the fucking loop Palestinians and the Israelis the O'Reilly factors on yeah they, like, oh, yeah man. so they're fighting and then Mitzi goes I think there's gonna be a need for a positive voice for Muslims in the near future this is before September 11th so mm-hmm. she knows they know I'm a regular here and then it's funny because Duncan called me up. At the time, Duncan is booking at this time. He goes, do you know any other Middle Eastern comedians? Mm-hmm. I go, you know, there's this guy named Aaron Cater. I saw him once at the Ha Ha. Uh, he's half Palestinian. He goes, great, give me his number. And then Mitzi had seen Ahmed at like one of the uh, oh, yeah. those rock and roll shows that J- J- the J. Davis, J. Davis rock Thursday comedy. Nights. Yeah, rock so comedy. she finds Ahmed. The only one we made money in and she canceled because she didn't like Dane Cook. Anyway. Well, yeah, so so she had the so she found Ahmed. I'd seen Aaron. I recommended him. And then I also, Sam Tripoli was a friend of mine. <laughs> yes, and Sam had tried to like get past several times. He wouldn't get, Mitzi kept saying no to him. Yeah. So I tell Duncan, Duncan was friends with Sam too. I go, Duncan, what about Tripoli? I go, his last name's Tripoli, which is the capital of Libya. I go, yeah. maybe he's Libyan. And he goes, I don't know. So we call up Tripoli. He goes, Sam, do you have any Middle Eastern in you? He's like, my mom is half Armenian. We go, close enough. <laughs> we call up the- he Just called, on the border, buddy. It's crazy. So Mitzi was like, so she Tripoli became a regular- uh, uh, Yeah, I remember he had a lie about what he was. Tri- yeah, Tripoli, yeah. he told us a story. What do you have to say? He was Syrian or Syrian, something? that was it. Something like that. He was he Just started, in one showcase, he had one joke about it. Yeah. Just so Mitzi was like, oh, okay. He started talking about Armenians being hairy. Yeah. That was like the joke. And then he'd get into his jokes. And yeah. I was like, oh, Mitzi was like, okay, that's fair enough. That's good. Oh, yeah. So then, enough. Yeah, so then Mitzi was like, okay, I want to put you guys together, do the theme show, The Arabian Nights. All right, that's always That was what funny. she put together. And the first time, The Arabian Nights, at that time, again, Ahmed is very good at 
the like the business stuff. Yes. And so I was pretty much on that stuff too. So I'm on the phone with Ahmed going, Ahmed, this is a horrible idea. I go, why would somebody come? I go, when you have black comedy night, there's like a hundred, there's a thousand black comedians. You can rotate. I go, yeah. Arabian Nights, there's five of us. Yeah, It's going to be the same lineup every It's the yeah. same lineup. I go, who's going to come see us? And he's like, I don't know, we got to do it, man. So we did it and we ended up like contacting all these student groups at the different universities and we packed the main room. Like we I comped remember. it, but it packed. And Mitzi would have Mitzi would have everybody who could do so there was Middle Easterners. She had Lemaire doing like a belly dance or something. <laughs> her like, parents were belly dancers. Yeah. Okay, and so, she did it too. I mean, yeah. It was crazy. Like, Lemaire. Her parents, her mom, her, yeah. her, 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 her dad too. Her dad's a belly dancer. He's a, a, yeah. a Harry, Harry Berry. A ridiculous line of talented uh, family members. Well, Lemaire was interesting because I had met so Lemaire. I had met Lemaire. The first time I met Lemaire, I was doing a, a show at a coffee shop in West Hollywood, like Boys Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we were supposed to go up or something, and I'd seen her around here and there. And then and either she was going up or I was – I think she was going up. I was like, hey, you know, uh, good luck or something like that. She's like, she's like, yeah, Lord Jesus Christ. And then – and I was like, oh, I thought she was – because she's a comedian. I thought she was like yeah, joking. Yeah, joking, obviously. I go, yeah, yeah, Jesus. She's like, no, really, the Lord Jesus. I'm like, oh. oh boy. I go, oh, she's serious religion. Trust I go, me. yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, well, you know, God bless you. You're fantastic. So she did her thing. And then the funny thing was the first time I became a regular, I'd never done tag team. I didn't know how that worked. So – I was on stage, and I forget. I don't know if Jeff Scott was the piano guy. I don't know who the piano guy was. So I'm like, Steve Moore, too, was still here. Maybe. Yeah. And I go, who's next? They go, Lemaire. And I don't know if I remembered her name or not. I forget what happened. But I was like, who? And they go, Lemaire. I go, oh, okay. Well, um, please welcome to the stage now, Lemaire. You know, and that was it. And I got off stage. And then the next day, I got a call from Corey. No. And Corey mm-hmm. goes, Maz, um, you're, 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 you're in a little bit of a trouble. I go, what happened? She goes, well, you know, Lemaire's upset. I go, why? She goes, well, you didn't really introduce her nicely. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And she goes, "Yeah." I go, "I, I didn't, I had no I ill will." About her, yeah. I don't know anything. <laughs> so then, so then I had to get on a call with Lemaire, and she was like, "Listen, at the cl- comedy store, is very professional. You know, we give credits." <laughs> yeah. And she was like, "You know, we need, we say things like, you know, been on the Tonight Show, had an HBO special." That I go, "Oh, okay." And then after that, I just started making shit up for everybody. So lie, yeah. so lie, everybody. basically a lie, cheating. You know, there's no one in the crowd. Who are we lying exactly. for? It's just for you. Exactly. I mean, there were so many random crowds that the ones that were here. I remember those theme nights were well, great. Well, the theme nights were great. The theme nights. She also got a guy named Anand Chulani who was the uh, Indian do I, guy. Do you yeah. think we don't remember Anand, Anand only does seven eight and a half I was going to say seven minutes of Anand Chulani. <laughs> this is a fabulous seven of Anand well, Chulani. And he would always bring his camera the in. Son of a. Bitch. It was so funny because he, we, where I don't know where he? I don't know where he came from. He just showed up. Me. Mitzi found him, and then later on, I saw him. He was writing like uh, he was writing for Tony Robbins or something. I don't know, again, he's hustling, doing his thing. Tony Robbins. I don't the, know the, how. I don't know hysterical. how people. But I just remember Anand would do this bit. He's like, I know what you're thinking. When did Ralph Macho get a tan? <laughs> a tan. <laughs> and I, was, I was like, well, I'm not sure everybody was thinking that, but all right, we'll go with it. But it, it was just crazy show. You know, belly dancer. He was dancers, a nice looking this, kid. That. He was. Yeah, he was yeah. a good kid. I, just remember, I was he always just so didn't excited. Have Fifteen minutes. Yeah. No, no. He no, would no. do. He'd always do seven, and if he. Showed up because Mitsu had always put him early. Yes, and I was working the door. Yeah, yeah. And so every time he was there, Jeff Scott would come over and be like, "Be ready because there's a chance that he'll get off before Argus gets here." And I was always like, "Sweet, I might get up early tonight." Yeah, and almost every time I would. It's crazy. Be like, hey, go ahead and do like uh, do eight, and then bring me up. (laughs) But that's what's crazy. So this, she'd brought, she would find these people. 
and yeah. put it part of it fits her theme. She yeah. doesn't care if you're good, bad, whatever. Yeah. It's your theme. Yeah. And we kept we 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 did the Arabian Nights for a while, and then and then people started dropping out, and like it became the the core group was me, Ahmed, Aaron, and Sam. Yeah. And then she would send us down to La Jolla to do it. Yeah. And then September 11th happened. And then at that point, she's like, I'm not putting Arabian Nights or Ahmed Ahmed on my board. Like, I'm not putting these names up <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, this is bad. Do you remember what she wrote on the, the marquee? No, what she wrote? She just wrote, wow. Really? <laughs> W-O-W. Are you serious? And wow. We, we were like, what, Mitz? Uh, you know, and Corey's no, like, just put wow, the W, though, you, know? you know, like, it was oh, so bad. We were- God. I was like, oh my People god! People are driving by, like, I guess that's funny. You know, yeah. if there was, you know, if there was social media, like how crazy that would have gotten. Oh my god! Yeah. they would have had press over here, furious. making Every fun of millennials. Wow. Would be, I am so offended. Yeah, how dare you? Wow. <laughs> I know a guy who had a friend who knew someone who grew up down the street from someone who was affected <laughs> slightly by this. I am outraged. Dare you. So she goes, so then she starts sending us down to La Jolla. September 11th happens. She's very protective of us. So not only yes. does she not do, because the Arabian Night you Show she would do. babies. Yeah. Now the Arabian Night Show she wouldn't, it's, she, it's not that she would only do like, like it was like every several months she'd do it. Yeah. But yeah. we'd get other spots yeah, as well. Of course. But I think she was protective in knowing that like it could be dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. like some crazy nut job might come here and be like, Call oh, Arab's on the stage. Yeah. yeah. But then when she decided to put us at the La Jolla Club again, we put the name Arabian Nights up and and we showed up and the manager goes, listen, guys, we got somebody called in. They said that they, they gave us a death threat. Like they don't want you performing and it's up to you guys. <laughs> Is this you Matt want- Bragg? Matt Bragg. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so it was uh, we don't know who was we don't know but we didn't take it seriously we go you know what okay we're like well we don't think the guy's really gonna come do it and if he does it's good publicity so um, <laughs> you mean if you're all dead it's great God forbid great press but, but then it you know they were the good guys oh, in this yes. scenario so yes. martyred yes bless exactly. Jesus <laughs> and Lamar. 72 okay so, so then she then we did it and it went well and then she so when I had thought she'd forgotten about the turban so then a couple years later, <laughs> she showed up. No, well, no, she, she showed up. She, it. No, she showed up at the. La- so she really like was. I think to her, we were like you said, we were like it was her Definitely project, her incubator. So yeah. she came down to the La Jolla Comedy Store and she watched us. And then afterwards, she was talking to all of us. She's like, "You're doing good. You need to do this, do that." And then she turns to me and she's like, "And you." You were supposed to wear the turban. <laughs> I go, I know, Mitzi. She's like, you got to wear on that one. I go, I know, I know. So she knew. She was in the know. You're like, I am. She oh was aware. God. Like, I, you know, I told him to wear the turban. He's doing good. Yeah. So that's all right. But think about how good he would be doing. I know. You just you would have been. If you wore the outfit. You might have been the Bin Laden comedian <laughs> for him. No, no, no. The most explosive? Yeah. The most explosive comedian. <laughs> you could have been doing stand-up for Al-Qaeda. Oh, um, my God. No, but you know but what was amazing about the, I mean, I grew. I feel like I grew exponentially at the comedy store, and the other well, thing, sure. yeah, I and mean, the other thing she would do to me because I was on that show, I would close it, and she would make me do thirty-five, forty minutes when I didn't have it, and it made me grow because I was like, yeah. I gotta just. Yeah, I but then the, you guys went on your own tour, so and that what, was huge. Yeah. So what happened was Ahmed, Aaron, and I finally, at, at some point, Ahmed had gone to DC and done a show at the DC Improv, and um, the the bookers there were like, oh, you know come back and do it again and 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 so he brought we went back as me Ahmed and Aaron and we would go out there it was this was like now 2005 or so and it was middle of Bush era yeah and I think people quickly realized that Bush and um, and buddies were going to use September 11th as an excuse to attack Iraq 
Right. Of Which was like flipping the whole thing. Yeah, that was the, yeah. the Dick Cheney, the Dick we Cheney, take, Rumsfeld, yeah. crooked gun shooter. Yeah, yeah. 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 So with Nick that, Burton Rich, exactly. Yeah. So with that, what happened was Nobody we knows that that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so we were like, so we all of a sudden were like, wait a minute, this that's not how it's supposed to go. So there was an audience. There was a lot of people that whether they were Middle Eastern or liberal or whatever that were seeing that that wanted to hear our voice. So we started getting a lot of press. Then the next thing you know, we go to D.C. and we're selling out shows on a Tuesday, and then we're coming back. And do Tuesday, Wednesday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then finally we tell the club, give us a weekend. They go, no, you guys aren't really headliners. We don't want to do that. So we go, you know what? Screw the club. And at yeah. the time I'd gotten this sitcom called Life on a Stick. Which, Hilarious. Yeah, it was a Fox show. And I'd made a little bit of money. And I told the guys, I go, guys, listen, I'm at an air. And I go, listen, let's, we've been talking about this title, The Access of Evil Comedy Tour, which is a spoof on The Access of Evil, which is when George Bush had the speech and said there's an yeah. Access of Evil. And he says, Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. So we embrace three very close countries. Yes, yes, definitely not any ideology differences. Or, yeah, yeah, just through everyone in. knows thick All as thieves. Same. Yeah, <laughs> bitter, so, bitter enemies and North Korea. Yeah, why not? exactly. And so we uh, we we said, you know what? I, I said, guys, I have a little money. I'll put up the money. I'll rent the theater, and then once we get the pro, pro, you know, whatever money we make, I'll take the expenses, and then we'll split it three way. So we went to the Lisner Auditorium, which seats fourteen hundred people. Wow. And we did a Friday night. It was crazy because notoriously our audience, Middle Easterners, would buy tickets last minute. Always. Yeah. So on that Monday, we'd sold 700 tickets, which was good, but that's half the room. Right. So we hit D.C. with Ahmed and Aaron and whoever else we know. And we're going to clubs and saying hi. And by Friday night, the place was sold out. And we felt so good about it. We're like, guys, this is it. So then we're like, next city, where's the next city? I go, I'm from the Bay Area. Let's go to the Bay Area. We do 1,000 seats. All of a sudden, our managers and stuff in L.A., they had no idea. They go, who's who's booking you, Live Nation? We go, no, we're booking us. <laughs> and so they finally, they were like, okay, you know what we're going to do? Worthless we're gonna, agents. Oh, my God. They go, we're going to get, we're gonna get um, the uh, Levity guys to come out and see you, and maybe they'll shoot your special. So Levity comes out and sees us. That's the, guy, the enemy. Just so you know. Well, Levity at the time was shooting specials as well as um, J.P. Wilson. Is that his name? The guy who yeah, did the uh, so. Blue Collar yeah. Tour? He came out and see. So now they're like bidding to get us to shoot the special. And Mitzi's like, this is my baby. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> we film it in the basement at a comedy store and <laughs> never no release audience. it. It's always we Never better. release yeah. it. <laughs> That's well, as that's... good as Paulie's special <laughs> offer, dude. We'd make a special and then put it on the YouTube. <laughs> the YouTube. Well, that's the thing. We had tried several times to shoot it in the belly room and here and there. Just never came together. Are you and... saying that it's hard to do business with a comedy store? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Well, you know, I'm not saying that, but you know what I'll, I'll say. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say, say it. it, yeah. So anyway, we shot it, it, it and, and it came out, and that really, for us, it, it, you know, the, it yeah, was- all of you kind of broke off and, I mean, still did that tour. And then... Well, yeah, it came, it was 2007, so at the time, YouTube was starting to also get bit more and more popular. Yeah. And it was before Facebook and any of this stuff, so what would happen is people would send a clip of you- to their email list. Remember when you get the email list and then you see everyone's emails? Yeah. But then you're, you know, whatever the, oh, this is a funny joke or whatever. Right. So I kept seeing my clip going in circles and I go, oh my God, something's happening here. That's great. And then we got, and then we got a call from some people out of the Middle East because Ahmed had met some guys there. And then oh, yeah. we he did a to tour out there. there. Yeah. And so it just, it just, from there, it just took off. That's right. to but, and they tour. also support because it's like there's good people. That want to support this and be like, hey, we're just regular people here. Like, absolutely. Hello. 
I'll tell you when the and special. That's what Mitzi wanted everybody to see. She that did. Was her. And listen, she really. It's funny. Like I, first of all, somebody just found. I think Eric sent me a picture on her desk when they were cleaning out her office, and there was an old videotape. Mm-hmm. There was an old videotape with a post-it from me saying, "Thank you, Mitzi. You made this possible." And it was, I think it was my first late night show. Oh, wow. And I sent her the, the thing. And I think it was like uh, Ferguson or something. I forget who it was. But I, yeah. I, I was like, holy moly, I that tape Ferguson. was sitting there. Yeah. It was great. And, and, then, and, and then, but like you said, I think her mission was bigger. So when we shot the special, what was interesting was we, it wasn't about, like, it wasn't us. It was the reaction of the audience. And when you look in the audience, it, there's a lot of Middle Eastern looking people, a lot of pretty girls and dudes. And then there's, you know, a couple other people, white dude, Asian dude, whatever. But there's a lot of Middle Easterners. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember, because you would go on message boards, and I vaguely remember somebody saying, I never knew these people laughed. Right. How crazy is that? But because we're closed minded. And it's of course. like, oh, these people only think of. Whatever well, horrible yeah, and, things. And I don't most, know. Most of the country is in. They just shut it off. California or New York. So, yeah. like people where I came from, I'm sure could watch them laugh and be like, they're plotting. They're absolutely. plotting. That's what they're doing. <laughs> no, absolutely. They're backwards. They were saying and, Kansas. That's amazing. Mean, well, it's Kansas the thing. City. It's the thing now with like the anti-immigrant thing of like they're coming across the border to get no, they're us. They're coming to get us. And you go, no, the statistics show. To- yeah. That most people that overstay their visas actually come in through. Absolutely. They fly the air, in on an they're airplane. They're flying in. Yeah. And yeah. they're not Mexican. They're just not going home. It, yeah. the, the airplane goes higher than the wall, which is so weird. Yeah. I, get, I think he thinks the wall. Nope. You're yeah. Hit not the, the wall I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 30,000 feet high. That's yeah. impossible, yeah. Trump. I don't know who you And so it's crazy. So so uh, it, was, it was interesting. Like we were getting emails from people also saying like, you know, when September 11th happened, I really hated all Muslims and Middle sure. Easterners. And seeing you guys do your stand-up, I realized, wait a minute, there's actually good people. And Great I would say 90-some-odd percent of the people around the world are just good people. And the yeah. people that are doing, like, blowing shit up are actually, they're criminals. That's a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. So you are That's seeing... a shit aspect of a certain culture. That's yeah. it. Yeah. We all have them. Yeah. I'm Irish. We have them too. Absolutely. Like, they're yeah. everywhere. I'm white trash. That's I, right. Know, my people are out there, <laughs> you know, shooting up all the places. Yeah. But it's not all of us. Yeah. It's a small percentage of the white trash, white skinny dudes yeah. that yeah. are shooting people. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. So, in a way, you could say Mitzi's mission, like, really came together. I mean, we didn't, and, and at no point, like, we, you know, we, we do, you do an interview and somebody would be like, so what is your message in your comedy? I was like, my message is I just want people to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like, please Relax. laugh at my jokes because yeah. that's number one is I just want to be funny. And I go, if there's a message underneath, if you leave the club and go, oh, that guy was funny and he didn't try to blow us up and, you know, he's, he's from the <laughs> he Middle didn't East. He have a wick yeah. coming yeah, yeah, yeah. out of his hat. Like, yeah, yeah that's great. That's, that's progress. That's, yeah. That is, is progress. But she, her theme shows were all silly and all like Arabian nights. Like, she wanted people to see this side of them. Then she had, it's fun to be a Jew. Hilarious! Yeah. Like what? Yeah, I remember that on the side of the main room, pulling up, and I'm like, "What is fuck? What is she doing?" Yeah, and then it was Night of a Thousand Guidos. I remember like, Night of a Thousand is Guidos. Going, this is getting better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wheels and Sebastian. Where are the mix coming yeah. out? When are the mix yeah. coming out? But you know what? To her credit, she was throwing a lot of shit against the wall. Absolutely, and, seeing and, what stick. And you know what? Ultimately, I think you know, as 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 comedians, we would sometimes fight it and be like, "I don't want to do all that material," but then. Ultimately, 
you you do that, you'd be in her good favors, and then you get your regular spots. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was I was telling I was telling you before we started that I had a moment. The only time I ever got banned because like oh yeah, that's right. I was I was generally a like I can't believe you got banned. I know I was a nice guy. I kind of stayed in my lane. I didn't make but so what happened was except for not wearing the turban. But yeah. Was, <laughs> but what happened was they were trying to do an Arabian Night show, and at the time. What happened was I think my one of my friends from high school lost his brother. Like, okay. you know, the brother passed away. So there was going to be a funeral service or something up in San Francisco. So I, you know, I told them, I go, guys, I told Duncan, I said, Duncan, I'm not going to be able to make that Arabian Night show because I got to go. But I said, you know, I would love if Mitzi's open to it to reschedule it because I, I, I would draw a lot of Persians in L.A. to come to these yeah. shows. I would love if she, you know, she'd reschedule it, whatever. And then he's like, okay, you know, I'll tell her, I'll tell her. And then he calls me back. He's like, uh, Missy said, don't just don't call in for spots for a while. I think she got – because she thought that my head's gotten bigger because I'm asking her to reschedule – Based on my schedule, yeah. what's oh my god! For you? What did they say about the funeral? I think they say about she was, but still, she was like, you know, who's oh, this guy? Think he, he is, he right? Yeah, she has to smack and you so down it was actually world. interesting because I was like, oh my god! And 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 I it, could see Duncan too being just super high and leaving out the part that yeah. Maz had to go to a funeral. <laughs> hey, Maz called. He said he wanted to reschedule Arabian Nights. <laughs> Duncan, you're sounding more and more like Jay Davis every week. <laughs> But I'm on peyote. Uh, I know you are, Duncan. So funny. So so I had to like, and that's when I it hit me. I go, my God, you can't count on because because I'd been counting on the club spots, and then all of a sudden I started calling every other club. I was like, Hey, haha, I'm coming. Whoever else is taking me, I'm coming. I started doing spots everywhere else all the time. Smart. And like I waited a couple weeks, and I got her like I got her card, and said, I'm so sorry if I overstepped. Blah blah blah. I would love to get some spots again. Slowly, I came back in. I was like, Jesus Christ! (laughs) Oh man, she's tough, boy. She rocked the boat. Yeah, it was a funeral. Yeah, you were just. It's a thing you have to do. It's life, and she just sometimes when life, like we joke about it all the time, but she just certain things happen, and she did not go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we we had Mike Becker on here, and yeah. Mike Becker had a hip replacement, and she he, she was no good to him. He was no good to her anymore. Hilarious. So she, while he was in his hospital bed, she fired him. Oh my god! <laughs> Did I miss Mike Becker? Yeah, because it was raining. Remember, we tried to oh, Skype yeah, yeah. and it didn't That's work. Right. It was so she, terrible. She was amazing. I mean, I really like He's looking back. back. Looking so back good. on it, I love. I mean, I, I the comedy store is my home. I mean, I, I mean, even to this day, I got kids and a wife, and I'm tired a lot. But I'm like, I'm going to the club. It's so. It's such a bizarro. Like, and you got here during those dead years. Yes, and th- those were the most bonding of the years we, for all of us. Oh my god, it was amazing because we were just in the trenches. It's almost trenches. like being in war. Well, and, and watching guys like when, when I started working here, you were you were in the the kind of the heart of the lineup. But it was like guys you and Caparillo and Ernst and Sebastian, and you guys were like genuinely destroying for like fifteen people. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Th- like thinking about that is so crazy to me. Just how terrible. That most of the time, like even if you're doing well, it's just yeah. like, well, that that wasn't great. But I'll tell you what was amazing was, and I, I remember, first of all, a couple of things would come up. First of all, I love Joe Diaz. I I, I met Joe Diaz here. I would listen to stories from him. I would even hanging out, listening to stories from Paul Mooney or whatever. Yeah. And then I was, I was in the class with Sebastian. In the kitchen, and, yeah. yeah. But uh, Brett, Brett was me, Sebastian, Brett, and Sam were were buddies. Yeah. And we all kind of were like the group for a minute. And and I remember. So I helped Sam get in. Sebastian had become a regular on the same time I became a regular. And then Brett 
had been having trouble get, becoming a regular. And we had another one of these like rock and roll shows or whatever in the main room one night. And mm-hmm. Mitzi was there to watch us. And then the lineup was whatever the order was. I was a couple down and Mitzi was interested in, in seeing me and my progress. So she, so that whoever the host was, was like, Miles, Mitzi wants you to go next. Yeah, I go. She oh no, no. I go. I go. Oh no, no. I go. I go. I want her to see Brett. Oh and yeah, she, Brett. Told, I think Brett yeah. kind of told yeah. us. I go. I want her to see Brett. Yeah. And then and then he go and then he goes. Well, Mitzi said you got to go next. I go. Do me a favor. Tell her you can't find me. So he goes. Whoever the, the host old, was, I can't find them. Mitch. Yeah, whoever the host was was like, I can't find. Them. So put on Brett, and Brett killed it and became a regular. Oh my god! So we were all like part of the same crew, and <laughs> and and first of all, like Joe Diaz, I remember, I remember telling Joe Diaz about the whole thing of like her wanting to be, mm-hmm. wear a turban, and he's like. Bro, you know, like he's like, you ever, you ever hear of Jackie Bananas or whatever the oh, guy's Jackie are. Banana, <laughs> yeah. my favorite. Yeah, yeah, who I guess like used to do a banana suit for like a minute and then she's like, she, you're a banana. She did a, he did a character and then she was like, oh, you got to do it the whole time. So that jacket hung in the in the office for yeah. years. Yeah. And if he wouldn't put it on, she stopped booking him. Yeah. And so the guy kind of just disappeared. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, then I, and then I remember being here talking to Joe Diaz going, Joe, I don't get, like, why am I getting midnight spots? And I don't, I, I barely cuss. And I'm following you and then Holtzman and then Eddie Griffin. And then like, what? And I'm going up and going, what, what do you guys think of this war in Iraq? I'm trying to do intellectual material. And he's like, She's got, bro, she's got plans for you, bro. She's got plans. Just trust the process, Just, bro. bro. She, she likes you. That's why she's, she's got to put you up early or late. I mean, she's, she's looking out for you. You're going to be growing. And I grew. I grew exponentially. One of my first times, you were talking about getting up in front of like small crowds. One of the times when I realized what this room was about. Uh, oh, are you mean the original room. original yeah. room in this that's club? That's the biggest growth, yeah. I think because what happened was when I was doing all the bringers, <laughs> I would just do my memorized set, and out of everyone that's horrible, I would be one of the least horrible, and I do well. Then I become a regular here, and I get like a Tuesday spot, and I come in and I do my rehearsed material. That's like, yeah. oh, here's where the, they should be laughing, and they're not laughing. And I'm like, Ugh. Oh, and, and I get off. I'm like, oh, what happened? And then I saw Vinny Favorito. Remember Vinny? Do I remember Vinny? Vinny Fa- you know of course Vinny I remember. Is that Vinny? big Vinny? Vinny Favorito no. had a voice like this. He, would, he wasn't here that long, but he, you know. He, What's I your guess, name? Leroy? Yeah, I guess uh, he's got, he had like a gambling thing going or something. So he would come, he like, he'd issues. go from like state to state. But he was very funny, but it was crowd work. And he'd go up there and he'd be like, he'd do the crowd work and it made it look like he's coming up on, with, right off the top of his head. But and it, he'd kill. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, you got to talk to them. And then I remember one of the times when I it really had a light bulb moment. It was a one forty five spot, and this mm-hmm. is, I'll, I'll finish with this. It was no, one, I just they're worried about you missing the last. Yeah, yeah, action. I gotta go. Yeah. That's all. So there was a one forty five spot, and there was these two guys in the audience, two nerdy dudes with this really hot girl, yeah. and they were sitting to the right on the right booths. That's all that was in the audience. Freddie Soto was sitting in Mitzi's chair all the way in the back. I didn't know Freddie that well. Okay. And then whoever's working was working. So I go up on stage. I start doing my act. Ba 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 ba. A minute in, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how did these two end up with her? What's the story? <laughs> so I just stop my show. I go, how did you guys and her? What is going on here? And then we start talking, and they laugh, and I laugh back, and I tell them, you know, it just became this conversation with bits <laughs> conversation. thrown in. Yeah. yeah. It was bits thrown You're in. Like, oh. 
Yeah, and then also That's riffing. That's how this works. Yeah, riffing on bit ideas that I was coming up with. I was like, oh, you know, whatever. This is two in the morning. Like, you know, the drag queens are out. They should have drag queen racing. And like, it was just silly stuff. And then I got off and I went. Did you start drag race? Drag wars? I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> I should, if I, I, imagine if I would have. Jesus. I could have been RuPaul. Amazing. So. And then I go and I sit in the and I'm 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 you know Freddie's sitting there I go sit and I say hi to him and I didn't know him that well but he was hey, so brother. nice oh my god and he's he's like he's like he's that like that was hey. cool brother he goes you're funny man I go thanks he goes you know he goes it's not about the bits he goes you're either funny or you're not <laughs> and he goes you're funny I go oh, thanks man and it was really it was nice to get this veteran of the club yeah yeah to give you love and more importantly it was great to learn that it's not about. This, the material having everything perfect and you know that yeah yeah oh they throw you everything I mean especially those late nights but you just got to it, when when there when there are when it is a conversation <laughs> they don't want to hear you doing shtick not at all and the only way you're going to make them laugh if it's kind of an incorporated inside joke because exactly. the, the situation is ridiculous it's ridiculous you're in a spotlight with a microphone talking to people who could be seated in your living room yeah it's really weird <laughs> yeah if you break it down you're yeah. absolutely right you're so learning like, how to work a house party yeah basically what's yeah happening. I, I was doing my bits and freddie soto was one of the guys who basically made me start doing crowd work because i would hang out with them you know, backstage or whatever, out in the parking lot, and I'd make him laugh, and then he would watch me, like twice he watched me in the OR, and then he was just like, you should never do any of that stuff again. Hilarious. And I was like, why? He was like, because you're way funnier in the parking lot than you are oh, with great. your stuff. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And so he was like, you just got to figure it out. You got to just go up and try and figure out you, because, and I was, like I was doing, I've talked about it before on here, but I was basically... I was watching you guys, and then I'm like, oh, that's funny, and that works. And then yeah. I go up, and I'm basically doing bits in Sebastian's tone. Or yeah. Like the guys I'm seeing doing well, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's how you write a joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, but me talking in, you know, a Sebastian style joke, they're just like, <laughs> I was like 22. I would like, kill this guy. I would like kill crazy. See that. <laughs> it's so crazy because it's exactly that. Like, it's about you learning you, and then you get more and more confident and comfortable. Yeah, and yeah. She, it's in the front of the original room. It says, you go up in three minutes, she, she just wants to see who you are. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's what that always says. That has nothing to do with your material, how hard you kill. Yeah. It's just, are you you? Do yeah. you know who you are? And, you can and it takes time. Anywhere. Yeah, it does. It takes time. It takes time for the person off stage to become the person on stage. Oh, of yeah. course. So now I'll write off stage. I'll do jokes, and if my ten my ten year old son will like, he almost choked laughing the other day, and I go, oh, oh I go, I like this. I go, yeah. buddy, I love it. I go, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take this to the stage. <laughs> so it's great. I mean, yeah. and, and I didn't mean You're to. Working out at home. I didn't mean natural to. Natural moment, perfect. I didn't mean to. Yeah. But Sebastian's funny too because like we were, I mean, back then, like I remember, like uh, we we would get like we had a gig in uh, Irvine or Newport Beach. I go, Sebastian, there's a gig Newport Beach. They're gonna give us a salmon dinner. We each get ten minutes. He's Please, like, I'm in. Let's go. So, <laughs> Salmon's way better than pizza. <laughs> he had his car. He's driving us down, and we almost like some car like spun out and almost hit us. I was like, oh shit, for a salmon dinner. <laughs> It was crazy, We're man. for salmon. Oh hey, man, God. salmon's high end. Salmon was high end. That was a lot. I, mean, I wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't getting. Most people get pizza. I was or driving burnt chicken yeah, wing. I was driving wheels to Riverside yeah. for spaghetti dinners. I used to do. I used to host. I used to host with wheels. I I hosted once with wheels. So Mike Marino used to have a place. Yeah, called Mike and Wheels do a lot of gigs. Fish. It was called the Fish Something in San Diego. Okay. So it was me. I I I wrote. I I drove Mike Ricca down. 
and Wheels was the headliner, and Rick Actual was the- Actual human. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. The Mike time, Ricca. Oh, so many cool. How great, great was Mike Ricca? Mike Ricca was great. So funny. I said, nah, 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 nah. nah. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> so God. So you two drove, you had to drive because Ricca I was, I was the host. never had a car. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, but I was the host. So I had to drive down for, again, for, I would get a fish dinner and like 25 bucks. Yep. So, yeah. I, so I'd work all day at the <gasps> ad agency. Oh, Jesus. I, I yeah. told Mike, hey, I'm, I'm at this place. Come meet me at 6 p.m. I'll drive us down. So driving out to San Diego at 6 p.m. means you're going to get there at like terrible. 9, yeah. 9 Horrible. Terrible. That's like a four-hour drive yeah. Yeah. On what day of the week? I don't know. It was a like Wednesday. a Wednesday. Wednesday at least. Okay, and so, I, yeah. But I do it. Woo. I do it. We do it. And I you know, and then I and I drive him back. And, and then like I get home at like 2 in the morning and go to work the next day. I was like, oh, I got another. You know, I made 30 bucks and I got a fish dinner. The, the amount of times I drove to San Diego in like the first five years of After really trying to do a comedy out here. Oh, yeah. my God. I've I'm just like, you just got to do it. And then I would get home and I'd be like, what am I doing? Yeah, that, that, I was so positive that was going to be worth it until I, the moment I got on stage down there, and I was like, "How did they convince me to do this?" But you know what? You have to, and because part of, like you know, I get people nowadays that are like, "Oh, how do I do it? How do I do it?" I go get up, get. I go because people will see you. In, in front of your audience, that's, yeah. that's a packed crowd, and they go, "Can I get in that?" You go, "No, no, no, you don't want that. You want the midnight. You want the you want the place where." You will stop and go. Why? Why am I doing this to you guys? Why? What? You know what? Let me tell you about my day. Yeah. All right. And then I, your growth. Now I'm talking to you. Now I'm finding me. Right. And mm-hmm. That because it was the OR uh, that one time, and it was another time when I was doing an open mic, where the only audience were three stand-ups who had been there the week before. Okay. And I was just I started doing Can't the same do material, yeah. and I go, Why am I doing this? I go, Let me tell you what else I got in my mind, and I realized that's where. That's where you got to get. You got to make writing. that drive yep. down yeah. to San Diego and then throw out your bits and be like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, figure this out. Or, but the other thing the comedy store taught me was to you, you go up after whoever you you, you know you know you never chicken out. Yeah. That's right. You know, I remember I was at the uh, cuz I mean, I, There's a few that still do where we can't find them. This, uh, but Oh yeah. Well, it's my favorite. Well, with like what I, I mean, I've had I mean, we've all followed uh, the you know, I followed Dice one time where he was killing, and then the mic had feedback, <laughs> and then he looked at the mic and he dropped the mic and he walked off stage. Okay, and That's then right. I had to go up. Nobody who knew I was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, they thought I was like the sound guy or something. Like, He's coming to fix the mic. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's hey. gotta be a tech guy. He's wearing a turban. <laughs> what? Oh, he doesn't exactly. have one. I mean, it's so so like I remember I was at I did the. Um, uh, what's it called? Mixed Nuts, I guess it's on oh, Pico, yeah, yeah. like the black sure. one down by the, the Roscoe's. Yeah, owner, by the Roscoe's. The owner used to be a manager here. Ince, Ince yeah. Mitchell. Ince, yeah. And Ince, nice enough guy. One time Pierre, who was uh-huh. very funny. Pierre Edwards. Pierre was on stage killing in that room mm-hmm. and I was next and I'm getting ready to go up and Ince comes over my shoulder. He's like, hey, uh, you want to you wanna go, want me to put somebody else up and then you can go, you know, and I was like, why? Why? He's like, well, you know, like, you know, you want me to, like, he's killing. If you want, I can get someone else. I go, no, I, I'll, I'll go. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't care if That's I. It's crazy. It was crazy. I was like, why would you? Here's a regular here too, so you know. Yeah, but yeah. No, but besides that, it's this. But I mean, mentality. Yeah. you learn here to follow. Like uh, Joe Diaz again has that oh, whole. Oh yeah. He'll, he'll tell you, bro. Comedy store, we, we don't do this pussy shit, you know. That's I just right. chicken out. I go up on stage, I figure it out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Take the beating. Take, take the, the beating. Take your beating, man. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I've gotten a lot better in the last couple of years, just solely because Adam always puts me right after 
whoever the most famous person on the lineup is. And they That's it. So it's like I, I yeah. go up after Rogan twice a month. Yeah. I go up after Dalia. Such a growing moment. But in the crowd, first looks at you, just like, what, what is this? Yeah. And then you got to win them over. Well, what you learn, the the one time that I made this mistake, I actually followed Joe Diaz, who killed, and I Ugh, did not acknowledge. That's not easy, but well, yeah. I didn't acknowledge what just happened. Yeah. You have to go up and acknowledge what happened. So Speak I learned for the that. audience. Yeah. yeah. So I went one time dice again. I, I was like in the middle <laughs> I was in the middle of my Iraq war material. Yeah. And Dice was up there and he's doing his whole suck ass. Yeah. Suck ass. <laughs> suck it. He did it. He said suck ass, ass for a ass, minute. Ass, titty 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 yeah. titty. So I go up, I'm like, I can't be up like, well, how about Baghdad? You know? <laughs> so I went up and I Hi-ho. riffed I riffed on suck ass for a couple of minutes. I go, guys, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, tonight when I wake up to go pee, I'm just gonna hear suck ass, suck ass. And I was like, What is it? I love suck ass. I don't know what that suck is. Ass. I don't know what it was. Whack bag, yeah, suck yeah. ass. Hot soup. Weird one. Hot yeah, soup. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you learn. I mean, it's it's great. So yeah. this place is magical, man. It is magical. I feel bad. I don't want to make you late. No, I'll go. I'm, I'm sure I'll, they're always behind. Yeah, I'll go. Know. They're texting we me love. now. So I'll what are going. they yelling about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell Susan uh, it's my fault. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> ten minutes. Sorry. Yeah. All right, I gotta go. Well, look. Uh, you're amazing thank you yeah, so thank much thank you I love you great guys. story so I love oh it I knew God. I was like oh yeah Mars is oh yeah crap. I've been wanting to do I've this I've been br- breaking your stones to do it but it's just you're always busy which I love too I love what you are guys. you are you you're on a show right now aren't you no the- no I was on a show it got cancelled oh. but I'm touring I'm touring uh, I've sold a, I sold a pilot to uh, True TV like a sketch show great so we're trying to put that together but in the meantime I'm touring I'm, I'm gonna TV. be yeah True TV's good yeah mm. they, they're good and so we're gonna be um I'm going to be in Pacific Pacific Northwest, so Seattle, Vancouver, Portland, and then I'm going to go do Europe. Ooh, so you do I England, see. and you do Scandinavia, you do Holland. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of dates coming up. So you have it on your website or website, something? Website, people can follow me. Everything's... He also has postcards he can send you if you need to. <laughs> I will mail about. you. Yeah, but everything's just <laughs> M-A-Z. Stickers are printing. Yeah, M-A-Z-J-O-B-R-A-N-I, Maz Jobrani. They can Maz find me. Jobrani, oh. Maz Jobrani. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're amazing. Thanks Killing for being on the Factory. Have Thank a good you night. so much. All right. Uh, we're going to close it out. I don't even know what we're at. Josh, do you know? Maz, you're amazing. Love Thanks, you. brother. Love you. Um, yeah, Maz Jobrani, we sing his praises. Oh, shoot. They're talking to me, and I'm like, I don't have the headphones on. What? He's just giving me a thumbs up. A lot of thumbs up from in there. You know what, Thanks, Josh? Maz. You Crush and your, your thumbs brother. up. Thank you, Maz. He's even cleaning up his trash. This guy's a class act. He is a class act. He kind of just... Maz, Mitzi wants you to go next. Uh, no, put up Brett. No, she wants you to go next. <laughs> Tell her I'm trying to find the outfit. <laughs> That's what I would have said. What if he would have said that? <laughs> um, Mitzi, Maz. Okay. She would have been so excited. All she would have taken her pants down. Like, he's going to wear the outfit. It's great. I know she's listening to us right now. She must hate this podcast. No, she loves it. Do you think? Because we talk so much Just trash the about her. Of, the amount of shit talking that goes on. <laughs> I always knew they were garbage. Oh, it's great. Well, I can't believe we did two podcasts where we talk about Mike Marino so much. Uh, yeah. You forget. Terrifying. No, we'll have to have him on. He'll talk about all his uh, I, stories. Oh, I, I forgot we're filming. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's all good. Well, yeah. Are we filming? Which camera is on me? I just which, want to make which sure my camera's on Rick. I just want to make sure. Perfect. That's my good side. Right there. That's all you, Rick. And uh, then a Phantom of the Opera on this side. I don't need people to see my my pimple. leaky eye. Look at this pimple. Look how big it is. Uh, uh, uh. It just shows I still have estrogen. 
There you go. So, uh, so uh, Holtzman set last night. Yes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes of Holtzman. Seven minutes of the crowd loving him. Oh, I love that. Rogan gave him a great intro. Brought I saw him up. online, yeah. They were loving it. He was just crushing. And then I don't know what happened at minute eight. What do you mean you don't know what happened? I, I don't know. It's called the switch. I don't know. Oh, they the, like this? Let me turn it off. I don't know how the flow suddenly stopped. He said one thing and suddenly every female in the room was angry. Oh. And then the dudes with the females started getting angry. And then by like minute 20, I thought he was for sure going to be on an episode of Forensics Files because he was going to murder people. Get out of the room! <laughs> What if you're not here to laugh? Just get out of the room. What if they gave him a script that he he's supposed to do that? Oh, I mean, that- like I I don't think he could because that's what we always bitch about with Holtzman. You can't duplicate yeah. it when it's great. Yeah, he's never going to repeat business for you. No, it, it was very amusing slash frustrating to watch. Oh, I, I bet. Yeah, because you got to follow him. it. But. Following it's the worst. It was just amazing. Fifteen minutes is enough. Thirty is it, like at minute twenty-five. You could tell he kept looking up, and the light wasn't still, <laughs> so on. Oh, how, how long have I got to be up here? How long do I have to be up here? What is it broken? Is the light broken? What happened? You guys loved me. And then I he started love- telling him things were going so good, and then you turned on me. So mad. I love when he would, like, in the OR, be bombing, bombing, bombing. And then he'd be like, all right. And he'd pull his pants up and go, is the next comic out of makeup? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, no, Brian, you have to finish the 15 minutes. Like, he wouldn't sometimes even go the 15 minutes. Yeah, he'd bail if he could. In the the original room, especially, like, back in the day. He was so funny. All right, uh, this next comic, he's Teflon. (laughs) Teflon. The crowd's like, what? Bulletproof, he's bulletproof. Bulletproof. uh, Wait, do we shoot at this guy? (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm so confused I remember them giving us guns. And then (laughs) shook my hand and gave me that crazy wholesome smile, like, Pretty good, huh? How about that? It's like, okay, man. It's it's almost like here's an opportunity, again, with the opportunity, and he shoots himself in the foot. It's like he wouldn't get on the shuttle yeah. to go to the location. Oh, the I, yeah. Not getting in the van. No, I don't uh, do vans. Yeah, he's not doing that. Ripping up the card from my friend Jennifer Craig because he, did, he said he didn't need a diet. Jenny Craig, the head of television at William Morris at that time. And oh. then... Uh, I don't need a diet. Punched in the face uh, by Martin Lawrence while showcasing for William Morris in front of my first ex fiance. Yeah. Uh, It it was spectacular. In the moment that they got offended, then he he just saw his mind like, all right, what what do I have that could really offend him? (laughs) So uh, if you rape someone in a car, (laughs) oh, joke's not done yet. And, Give me a minute. And no one is around to hear it. Is it really rape? Oh, oh. Why are you acting like a Tuesday crowd? <laughs> it's Friday night. <laughs> Wait a minute. Friday's okay with rape in the car that nobody Apparently. hears? <laughs> that, was the, that was his accusation. Why are you acting like a Tuesday crowd? My favorite was the second when Harvey Weinstein stuff came out. And it was a Wednesday night, I think. And he was on stage randomly in the OR. And he was like, okay, okay. People, you have to deal with it. Men are built to rape women. <laughs> deal with it. And me and Adam were in the back like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 
And it was silence except for that back row. This wasn't a problem until you wanted to start being in the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) That was the bit I remember. Just comics dying and human beings just being like, what? Oh, this isn't right. I'm going to yelp about this. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) By the way, I've been reading the Comedy Store Yelp reviews. Do we get any? I, no, not us, but the, just the complaints that people have about the things comics. crack me up. There's like one newer one about Theo. Theo With the Mexican? No, some blonde girl got kicked out. I guess some girl was talking or yelling, and Theo had, him, had her kicked out. And so the friend of the girl got on there and was talking about how rude he was because they were having a good time and he ruined it. Mm -hmm. Just like, this dumb bitch doesn't understand that she was the asshole. Yeah. Your friend was the asshole. Like, Like Theo's just going to randomly... I don't know what the problem was. Like, Theo's just going to randomly point to someone who's being a decent human and be like, no, get them out of here. What are you guys laughing? Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. I'm trying to work on something. Like, who would do that? Oh, it's so ridiculous. I don't understand. Like, if you come to a comedy show... And you yell out, you're not helping. It's like, like Maz's, Maz's girl. girl. Yeah. Like, especially if it's somebody that's not into that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you're not helping. You're hurting the situation. It's never helping. And we're not a comedy team. If yeah. we are, they're going to be on stage together. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. And if you're screaming and yelling and talking at your table and you get kicked out, it's your fault. You're the dick. Yep. This no. is the I'm not taking responsibility generation, uh, yeah, this and is, I'm here to tell you, this you're is responsible, the, twat. This is the millennial, every day there's a new way to be a victim mentality oh, that they ridiculous, live in. ridiculous, man. I was screaming in a public place during a show, and <laughs> they kicked me out because it's unfair. This is bullshit. I'm telling. Anyway, I do great. Very accurate impressions of women. I, love I just it. wanted to go online and make sure I, I thought it was great. Understood. I wanted to put you in a car with Holtzman. You were so good. <laughs> I'm not getting in that bad. <laughs> um, all right. Are we done, Josh? Yeah. I, I got to go. Me the thumbs up. Oh, are they texting you? In, in all right. Eight, thank so. you guys for listening. Thanks. Come and uh, check out the comedy store. See Rick every weekend. Go to my website for dates in any city. Uh, Eleanor J. Kerrigan. I'm going to be in Kansas City. I'm going to be in Long Island. We're going to be all over the place. And Josh, do you have something to promote? You don't want to do it? Josh, that's rude. Josh, you're going to have to edit this because you're being a brat. I'm just kidding. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Rate, subscribe. Love you. Bye.